Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's Brian House for the Work For It podcast. This show, all future shows and past shows, are sponsored directly by the beautiful people at Patreon. That's right. If you don't hear any commercials on this show, which you shouldn't for quite some time now, that's because for as little as $10.80 a year, you can get included into the backdoor access of the Work For It podcast. And I know what you're thinking. Is this some kind of paywall? Is this some kind of bullshit? You're making me pay to get all the good stuff? No, no, no. You're buying into a franchise that helps others and yourself to work better, smarter, and make more profit in your workshop-related business. That's it. When you get access to the back end of our Patreon, you get to discuss all this stuff behind the scenes with everybody else who is like-minded like you, get involved in our knife collaboration projects, and all the little goofy things that go on over at Patreon. So check out patreon.com forward slash work for it. And for and also you get all the after shows, you know, you get the 52 after shows and that is in of itself uh, supreme, extreme value. Yes. And also, I know for a fact that all of the guys over at Baker Forge and Tool are working right now. I bet you their shop is like 290 degrees and they're hammering away and they're making the most beautiful pattern welded steels known to man in their workshop. Go to bakerforge.com and see what Coy and the boys are up to. They put out drops almost every single week. They're busting their ass with all that gear to make the best, most beautiful steel in the world. In the world. I've never seen anything more beautiful other than my own face, of course. (laughs) And, and... I know for a fact, because I talk to Lawrence almost every day, Lawrence over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, you need anything for your knife-making adventure, from abrasives to tooling to material, steel, handle stuff, glue, epoxies. They've got it all. Anvils, even. Anything you can dream up. You go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, check out what Lawrence has. Lawrence is a maker. Support his small business. And also support our show by shopping over at MaritimeNightSupply.com. All right, Brian, it's yeah. Thursday. I'm feeling super saucy, Ooh. super duper saucy. And you want to know why? Why is that? Because I've been working for it, baby. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. That's what I'm talking about. I love it when you go off the chain with that opening. Ah, work, so good. work for it. It's time to work for it, Brad. Let's Hell yeah. That. Hell yeah. Ooh, yes. I don't know about you, but I am getting like I am getting so excited for Blade Show. Like oh I my cannot God. wait. I am so freaking excited. And hey, if it wasn't for the Patreon people, I wouldn't be going. You guys support our show. Get us all together at Blade Show, and damn, I'm going to make it because of you guys. So the the money that is 
donated by the people at Patreon goes into a bucket that pays for us to get to Blade Show. So Bob Bryan's airplane tickets. Yep. It pays for the gas to get me there and to get me back. And uh, like a handful of other things like our accommodations and things like that while we're staying there. So that is a really cool thing that the and then the sponsorship money actually goes towards that, too. So there's right. there's some of that. Yeah. But yeah. None we, of us, I'm so, so excited, man. None of us take a cut from this podcast. It's not like we're getting a fat check every week. It's, you know, it's all going into the bucket and we're we're just using it for these experiences. So, yeah, you guys directly affect whether or not that we get to make it to Blade Show and see you guys in person. So, yeah, thank you Yeah, I came out a little bit out of pocket on it, but it wasn't bad. Like, by the time we rented the house and all the other stuff, because we're renting a car to get there. But, no, it wasn't bad at all. And uh, we're super appreciative of that. But I've been getting – now, what's kind of cool about Blade Show is because the knife-making community is so tight, we're all like talking, you know, like in the DMs, we're all like, okay, what are we going to do? You know, what, what days, what are we going to be doing this day or whatever? Most of us are going to just end up in one big pile anyway. Oh, yeah. But the, uh, it's exciting because, um, there's people that haven't gone before like Richard Beck and, um, he's like a fellow grinder nerd. Like he makes grinders and does other stuff, uh, kind of like an engineer machinist guy. And uh, I just talked with him today, and he is actually going to Blade Show this year. So, like, I've never met Richard, but, like, we've been around each other in the same space for quite some time. What Richard doesn't know is that I'm going to tap him in the balls real hard (laughs) the first time I see him. I'm just going to walk right up to him and be like, oil check, boom. I'm kidding. I'm I'm not doing any of that. I'm going to be grabbing anybody's junk. Oh, Jesus. This year. We'll see. This year. You this, year. Yeah, this year. At the show. I mean, if you make it to the house, who knows? But all bets are off of- the second we leave Cobb Galleria. All bets are <laughs> off. In the pit, things get wild. Things so get speaking weird. of Richard Beck, he he is one of those great guys. Uh, he sent me some of his uh, burners. Uh, it's oh, kind of yeah. like an angle burner. And I, I have this old shitty forge and like, you know, it, it works, but it doesn't really get up hot enough for forging or anything like that. And he, oh. I was on a live stream with him and he said, what the hell's going on there? Let me go ahead and send you something. And he just out of pocket sent me these little burners and it gets significantly hotter and uses a little bit less propane. And hey, that's awesome. And I, I love it. It's he's just one of those guys, you know. He's a, he's one of the good guys for sure. Yeah, he he's very involved in the community and and it's very helpful and it'll be fun to meet him. And gosh, I think I can't I don't even know. There's a bunch of people going this year that I have not yet met because when I started going to Blade Show it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic. Right. So it wasn't really super populated uh the first year I went, which was in 2019, 2020 maybe, 2019. And um and so now it'll be great to to see everybody, you know, because everyone's coming back. Unfortunately, Jeff Fader, I talked with him the other day. He is not going. Aww. Um, yeah, I know. I was like, man, that'd be great to meet Jeff and talk with Jeff. Uh, I but think Morocco well, is still going to be there, though. Morocco might, might be gone. Yeah. Um, and I got a great story about Morocco. This is this is a this is a great story. But I, let me circle back around that. Okay. So Jeff is teaching a class in Barcelona with Tomer Botner, like <laughs> yeah, a is. week after Blade Show, and he told me, you know, he just, it's just too much for him. He can't, he can't do both. 
which I totally get it. I mean, he's flying overseas to hang out with Tomer. And I almost bought a seat in that same class to take it with Tomer and Jeff in Barcelona, but opted against it to go to Blade because it's just too much in one month to, to go overseas and stuff. But sure. I would love the opportunity to learn from both of those guys and, and oh, especially yeah. in a setting like Tomer's workshop. Um, that would be fantastic. That's like my one of my bucket list items, I would say. Absolutely. Um, but getting back to the Mareco uh, situation, so Mareco is going to end up with an Apollo Forge at no. Oh cost hell to him. yeah! That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. And let let me tell you why. And and uh, so Mareco has been following the Apollo project for quite some time, and has always been very supportive of it, and loves the concept. Like he, when he first saw my prototype, he was like, "That's the way it should be built. That's how I envisioned it." And then, so Brian Hinnenkamp of Tortuga Bladeworks, mm-hmm. uh, he ordered an Apollo, and it was the first round, first or second round of Apollo orders. So his went out via FedEx. Mm-hmm. Two three weeks goes by. It's sitting in a facility. It's you know blah blah blah. The whole FedEx debacle. Right. And and I just said, you know what? Fuck it. We're not waiting anymore. We're just gonna send you another one. And whatever. And, and, you know, so month goes by, two months goes by. Brian's got his original, you know, got his second forge. He's got it all up and running. And he's like, you'll never guess what showed up on my doorstep today. <laughs> it did actually show up. The first one. And it FedEx, wasn't like random pieces. It it wasn't random pieces. Most of it was there. So, like, it, we have to send out a couple other pieces to make it sure. a complete deal. But. So, so I was like, would you be willing to give that one to Mareco or just ship it to him? I'll send you a label and you can, cause they're close. They're not right. far from each other. And, uh, through a couple of little things between Brian and myself, Brian is going to assemble the forge, build it for Mareco and hand deliver it to him. Now here's the next question. Are you so going to do cool. a stand like you did for the night shop? I'm not, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, well, maybe eventually, but, uh, yeah, I'm just going to send them all the stuff to finish it, basically. And then Brian's going to assemble it. The stands are really labor intensive and yeah. time intensive. But and it's I don't freaking Mareko I don't even Mama- own one. But come on, it's Mareko freaking Malmasi. Come on. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I, it, if, I was mo- if I had a couple of people working with me that were fabricators, I would definitely offer that more often. Sure. Just to do the two for Jason was like almost a, like a month endeavor for me, like oh, in between Jesus. other things, of course. It took me close to a month. And I'm just like, if I offer that to everybody, which I would love to do, it's just it's just so labor intensive and time intensive. So I'm I'm going to opt out of the stand for now. But eventually, yeah, I want to. In fact, there's so many people that want those stands. And I've told people like crazy numbers, like, oh, you want one of those stands? It's probably going to cost a couple grand. They're like, sure. Can, where do I send the PayPal money? I'm like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. I'm not selling you a $2,000 stand. And, but people are willing to pay it. And I appreciate that. It's just, I'm not in a position where I have enough people working with me where I can, you know, shift my time that way. But what's you know, going to be really cool is to see Mareco have an Apollo Forge and in his workshop and, and rocking it. So it should be pretty great. And uh, the bonus bonus points is right after I made the agreement with Brian to do this and Mareco to do this, uh, FedEx sent me a insurance claim check. 
<laughs> so <laughs> it was all bought and paid for by by FedEx. So we appreciate that. But uh, this show but brought yeah. to you by FedEx. <laughs> this <laughs> fucked up shipment is brought to you by the beautiful people over at FedEx. <laughs> But that that mentality can get you in trouble of, oh, just throw a crazy high number on it because, you know, mm-hmm. pe- people, I, you know, people will definitely jump at that. Speaking of Brian Hindenkamp, you know, if you if you remember my first um, little baby uh, harpoon clip knife, like yes. the I mean, it was maybe five, five and a half inches end to end, maybe a two and a half inch blade. I finished that with the copper carbon fiber and I really loved the shape of it. And I was really thinking I'm going to, I'm going to make this into my own personal neck knife type thing. And Emily was like, oh shoot, just put a crazy number on that. Slap that, slap that thing on the website, see what happens. And Brian Hindenkamp jumped on it. No kidding. It's, it's the, you know, sometimes Emily will just be like, oh, just put it up for a week at a crazy high number that you think nobody's going to buy it. And then it's gone in 10 minutes. And Brian was the guy that bought it. Yeah, Brian Hindenkamp has That's it. So you know? cool. Yeah, not, and of course, guy. like you know, it was a really cool design. The first time I ever did something like that. First time I used the copper carbon fiber, and it goes to freaking Brian Hindenkamp. I mean, how cool! Yeah, I love that. You know? Yeah, he's yeah, he's another one of the good guys, man. So I don't think Brian's gonna make it to Blade. It's a long ways for him to go. Yeah. but you never know. There's a whole slew of people that are going that I have no idea. So we'll just end up all in the same place, and it's gonna be a fantastic ride. Hopefully you're listening to this and we've inspired you to go get some blade show tickets and, and actually go. Cause yeah, um, it's, it's a blast. And one of the things I, I like to highlight to other makers while we're in blade show is to look at the amount of commerce that's happening in that building during yeah. that period of time, all of the efforts that we do throughout the year, working with whether it be grinders, abrasives, in, in knives, all of that stuff comes down to an economy. And believe it or not, it is a the knife making world, uh, the economy that's around that is is large. It's huge. And there's so many people that are involved in it. We just so happen to be one of them. And also the people that are usually involved in this are very good people, kind people, willing to share, talk. It's a very open community of people. There's not a lot of people keeping secrets or, you know, there's, there's just a wealth of information and it's freely passed between us. When you go to blade show, that feeling is personified, meaning you're standing in a room where you don't feel out of place. You feel very welcomed. And every single person you've been following on Instagram, watching their journey on YouTube, whatever it might be is in there. And they're all talking and sharing with you. There's, uh, there's a few clicks I've noticed. There's the cool kids click, you know, and there's the, you know, medium. It's just like anything. People do tend to stick together because they're friends and they're of like minds. But you can walk into a group like I walked into a conversation between Jason Knight and Neil Kamamura, like my first <laughs> year <laughs> while I was there. Jesus. And and they were both so welcoming and kind. And now Dude. I can call them both friends. And, you know, it's just that kind of thing happens at play oh and by the way you'll just run into the uh like david baker from forge and fire you know right you'll just run into them and go hey man how you doing can i get a picture and they're happy to do it they love to talk and bullshit uh david baker almost uh walked off with sarah actually he grabbed her arm and like t- drug her off like for like <laughs> a couple of hours they were wandering around together and it was it was such a great 
it's always such a great time. So I can't advertise, and I'm not sponsored to say that. I am not, you know, paid by them or anything. It's just and, a fun I mean, time. If Blade Magazine wants to sponsor us, we're not <laughs> we're not close to the idea here. Come on now. Here's my media packet. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm just so shots. excited. Because last year I totally went in with the idea of I'm going to talk to this person, this person, this person, this person. And I had all the remember I had all those interviews lined up and I was gonna try mm-hmm. to pull people aside. That is not the way to do Blade Show. If you go in there with an agenda, it's going to be thrown sideways. That's right. So you just got to go in. Don't don't have plans. Just go and meet people. Spontaneity. It's fun, man. Willy it's nilly. so much fun. Yep. Just go and have no plan. Uh, other than maybe if you want to take a class. There's classes going on, and there's really good lectures. Yeah. I sat in a couple of really good, you know, just free lectures that you can sit down and listen to people talk. And um, also our man Kyle Daly this year is teaching a file work class, like where he, you know how he does that decorative spine file work. He's actually teaching a class on that. And uh, I'll just give him a shout out because he just released a book on that subject. Mm-hmm. And it looks so, you know, when Laren Thomas released the knife engineering book knife and Steel everybody's nerds. knife steel nerds, he, he released all that, uh, that book, the purple book. And people went crazy over it. And oh, you yeah. remember the level of detail he went into on that. Subject. I have I have one of those. I go to it frequently. Me too. I use the charts. And uh, even though you can get them for free on his website, you really, you know, I flip open the book. You know, it's like almost quicker for me. Yeah. And uh, Kyle is like that version of that, but in the more the knife making side of things. So he's very detail oriented. And this book looks fantastic. He even has like 3D printed cards that can go along with it to give you a visual representation of what it would look like if you did this pattern on the on a spine of a knife. He has thought of everything. I have mad respect for Kyle Daly because he is one of the guys that thinks about things, puts it into action and then sells it. Uh, that it to me is just like the perfect version of an entrepreneur, you know. Absolutely. Um, and if you follow Kyle, file follow Kyle's uh, story, it's really it, it's a really inspiring story. You know, he was like a stay at home dad for a while. Now his mm-hmm. kids go off to school, and he's got all this free time, and he decides he wants to start making knives out of, out of his garage, and then does it and makes yeah. it a successful business. Yeah, that is what America, the foundation of America, is built on. Hard work, reliability, detail oriented. It's all good. Yeah, hard work and good luck. I mean, there's Dude. some oh, luck, go ahead. but mostly work. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So my customers evidently have a lot of mad respect for Kyle Daly because I just had one that jumped, was a, you know, I posted up on Reddit and then it switched over to Instagram so we could send pictures back and forth a little easier. And he was asking me, oh, can you do this? Can you do these mosaic pins? Can you do file work on the spine? And I, and then he sent me a picture of one of Kyle Daly's spine work. <laughs> I was like, dude, Small I work. know this guy. I can't I can't rip him off like that. Come on. <laughs> no, what also, you do I, is you buy Kyle's book and then you say, hey, Kyle, I learned this from your book. Now I'm going to go right. sell it. Well, he yeah. won't care. Kyle's but, a good dude. So if you see file work, it's totally a rip off of Kyle Daly's. <laughs> I don't think he'll care. He, he He's one of those guys that loves the educational side of it. You know, I, I think that means more to him than anything. So for sure. 
Switching gears real quick, there's something I really want to bring up. Mark Vanderwerf and the Mark Vanderwerf over at 118 Blades, uh, he had the whole his you know his significant other has brain cancer and they need this um, operation, this treatment thing that might help. They hit their freaking goal. They oh, did it. Fantastic. We got there. I am so that freaking excited for them. And I know we've we've been posting it and we've been talking about it and we've been putting it down in the show notes. I know a lot of I I know that a bunch of you people out there donated to it and I just want to say thank you because I mean this this might be a game changer for them. And uh yeah, just wanted to quick shout that out. I know we don't want to linger on it too much, but man, I'm just so proud of you guys. Yeah, that's fantastic. Fantastic. I love good news like that. Well, yeah. Uh, Brian, give me the elevator pitch. What are you working on this week? Ah, dude, uh, it's so much better. Like we've got sixties to 70 degree weather. So I've been doing a lot of yard work. Um, I obviously I finished up a couple knives and I've been posting those and you guys have been seeing it, but, um, doing a lot of knife work in the shop and some upgrades and yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, standard stuff for me. But I've been doing a lot of yard work and like tearing down bushes and chopping down this thing and that thing and tearing this apart. And I've just been really enjoying like, hey, I have a freaking house now and I get to work on it to improve it. I've been really enjoying the process of learning like, hey, there is a problem with, you know, the shingle is messed up here. Let me look up on YouTube and learn how to properly do it and then doing it. Or, you know, these posts are dug down into the ground. Don't get me freaking started on the post. Because um, in the backyard, there's these, like, there's the four-by-four four studs that are driven down into the ground. And they're, like, probably six-foot studs that are drove two two feet down into the ground, two and a half feet, whatever. Um, so, <laughs> and then they, you know, they, they put two of these studs and then there's a board between them making a little rail. Because they were, they're old guys that were trying to get back and they must have needed these rails to get back there safely. Whatever, man, whatever. But we didn't want that. So I started digging them out yesterday and I dug out, I took off the boards on top and I dug out one, came up nice and easy. Okay, cool. Start digging on the next one and I'm moving it and I'm trying to pull it out and it's just not coming. So I, I finally, you know, I just throw my hands up and say, screw it. I'm going to move on to something else. Well, this morning I went out there and I went, I had to run in and buy a shovel because I didn't have a proper shovel. And, um, I started digging down. And so it's, it's in the ground by two feet. And then on the bottom, there is an 18 inch by six inch deep hunk of concrete. Mm. So So they did it right. So they put it down into the ground they pour concrete, but it's so funny because only one side had the concrete. And now I've got four more studs to take out of the ground. And I'm thinking like, oh, shit, are these are these concreted down the ground, too? Most likely. (laughs) A lot of a lot of fence builders will only do like the corners, though. So if there's like a corner and that one's in the corner, you may want to just dig up the one next to it and see if it does have concrete. Right. It's entirely possible they did them all that way. And except then, for one. <laughs> well, the one that you pulled out was it rotted underneath or was no, it a flat not at cut? all. Okay, Perfect. so maybe good. Then the good there, there's a good chance that it caught all just be maybe they just did a couple of them because a lot of these guys get lazy and they do every other one or every third one or something. So, well, uh, one of the thing one of the things about home ownership 
is yeah it's fun in the beginning right like when you're young and you have no kids and you got you know you got shit to do i loved it when i was younger sure now that i'm older you know we built a house like three years ago mm-hmm. i go home and my house is a respite you know it's just a place to be quiet i don't have projects there to work on and now I when I go home like the other day, like a pocket door broke and I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm going to have to rip the trim off the freaking wall. Like 10 years ago, that would have been a fun project for me. Like, I would have really enjoyed it. But uh, now I'm like, oh, man, I, I really like living in a place where, you know, nothing needs a whole lot of repair. You know, well, now you just put one of those decorative barn door sliding doors on front of it and call this is it, what you know, Sarah wants. Yeah. <laughs> This is what she wants. Now she's going to hear this and go, see, Brian thinks it's a good idea. We should do that. You should do that. What are you talking about? It'll be cool. You're right. It, you know, I, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but those pocket door mechanisms that stupid. they use, fucking stupid. You have to pull the entire ring of trim around the door to fix it if the thing comes off the track. Ugh. Shoot me in the head. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I got to take this whole thing apart to get there. No joke. There's a there's a couple of companies in town that that's all they do is fix those doors because it's such a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> and nobody like, wants to do it themselves. A, exactly, because <laughs> it's such a huge headache. And I'm like, man, you know, with all of the technology we have available to us, why are we still using 1960s pocket door fucking rail systems to yeah. move doors, you know? And if you Don't do one of those if you do one of those barn door sliding things, first of all, it's going to be quick and easy and you could probably just leave that pocket there and you would never notice, or you just trim up a little piece of wood there, paint it black and you'll never look at it. You're a hundred percent right. I could just pull the, the, I could shove the pocket door into the, into the opening and put a piece of trim over it and no one would ever know it was there. Nobody would ever know. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, you, how are you going to look at the pocket of the door when this big, beautiful barn door thing is there? I mean, that's the you're statement. Right. This is. is the conversation the guys had when they were putting those posts in the ground in your backyard. They're like, no one will ever fucking know. We'll be long gone before they dig these things up. <laughs> and that's true. They're both dead. <laughs> <laughs> they're laughing at you from somewhere else. Ugh. So that's pretty funny. So you're working on the house. And yeah. I now... Let, one of my favorite things in the whole world about being up north was in the spring. It would start, the weather would start to shift, right? Everything's melting. Mm-hmm. You've got all the birds and, uh, you know, the, you know, light. It's like the world is coming alive up north. Yep. Yep. And you open up your door to your workshop and it's like the cooler air from the outside mixes with the stale stench mm-hmm. of what you've been doing on the inside. And don't you just want to, like, live out there, like, work with the door open at night? And, you know, it's nice, right? It's so freaking nice. And it's it's right at that moment where in the morning you walk out with a sweatshirt and you work for a couple hours and all of a sudden it starts getting warmer. And you step outside and it's 70 degrees outside. But because the concrete slab is under you, it's like 60 degrees in the shop. And that's like... 60 degrees is the perfect working temperature. It's yeah. so freaking nice. Because you I can work it. hard and get warm, but yeah. not feel overheated. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. It's it's springtime and fall time are the two best working times in your life, and that's there's no debate there. You're right. Summertime, even I mean, even even up north, I remember summer just being brutal up up north, yeah. and even in the Midwest, it gets humid and. It's just hot and everything. But at night, when the sun goes down, it's usually pretty nice. Right, right. 
Yeah, man. These it's are the good old days, Brian. These are the good old days. Um, I uh, in my workshop. Are you done with your update? By the way, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, I can bring up the last thing at the end. No, or bring it up now. It's up to you. Well, one of the things I've been doing a lot on my Instagram is I've been doing this sticker series where I, I have a big white door on my on my shed. Oh, yeah. And I've been trying to fill it up with all these different stickers, and people have been sending me their their logos on their stickers. And pretty much every morning, I've had enough to um, make a post. You know, basically, I, I find like for instance with um, Gator Creek, is it Gator Creek Custom Knives? Yes, Gator Creek Custom yes. Knives. I just put it up today, and I you know put Charlie Daniels Woolly Swamp on the back because it it just kind of fits Gator, you know, Woolly Swamp. It just kind of feels like it fit. And I spend a little extra time trying to line that thing up because I put the sticker up and then I smack it with my hand as hard as I can. And I try to line that smack up with the music. Nice. So, yeah, I've I've been kind of you know having a little bit of fun that and then people are sending me stickers. So if you guys want to help me fill that door, hit me up. When you get back from Blade Show, you'll have no trouble. Oh, yeah. And I still have stickers because I, I used to have a cabinet that I filled stickers and that's still sitting in my old shop. I still need to bring that over. But that we, cabinet we have is been full. out of our, you know, our house made stickers with the hard work and good luck and all yep. that. We've been out of them for four months or five months or something. I bought like five thousand of each and we sent them out. You know, we almost every order we would put them in there and, you know, bring them to Blade Show and stuff. So this year I told Sarah, I'm like, hey, why don't we do a new batch of merch for uh blade show Let's try to get nice. it done anyway so we're gonna have if you see me at blade show i will have a backpack full of our little kits which are like the stainless steel ruler uh the idea came to me one day out of nowhere just a beautiful stainless steel ruler with our logo on it and uh and, and i'm kidding by the way this is a <laughs> um i stole this idea from Lawrence. <laughs> anyway uh there you go we got a, I, it was funny too because I'm standing in a last year Blade Show. I'm standing in the pit with Coy Baker and Lawrence, and I hand Coy the one of the rulers, and he grabs. He's like, "Oh, cool idea! Wow, how did you come up <laughs> yeah. with this? This is fantastic!" He knew like right away like what really? I was doing, and Lawrence is like laughing. It was really funny. Yeah. Um. And so we've got the stainless steel rules. They're not rulers. They're rules. But uh, uh, and then a whole little sticker pack of all fresh designs. Ooh. And then we'll have some T-shirts. We're going to – we can't brown bag too much in the show. But if you find us at the pit, we should have some T-shirts and stuff to give away. So nice. um, I don't want to do it in the actual show because they kind of frown on that. Yeah. Um, you know, if you well, there's, the table. there's no money being exchanged, right? Or... There isn't, but it's promotion. So yeah, come on, yeah, no, everybody's handing stuff around. What are you talking about? No, believe it or not, it, Lawrence asked the event coordinator last year if he could give away T-shirts, and they told him no. Well, just don't ask. I'm I'm into <laughs> asking for forgiveness rather than permission. Exactly. But you know, Screw it, I man. will say, I I want to be on good the good side of those guys. You know, I Here's I, I want to follow the rules. You're not selling a knife or you're not like selling a t-shirt. You're giving them away. It's, I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Also, I don't really want to carry around that much shit while I'm in there. I think yeah, that's, that's the other part of well, it. That's... So find me at the, at the pit. And if I've got some left last year, we went through them in like one day, like by the time we got to the pit, 
I think I had shirts for like an hour. Yeah. And they were gone. So, um, everybody loves free swag. So, you know, we just started giving them away. And the cool thing about swag at blade is when you give it to people, they use it. I mean, they'll put it up on stuff and that, you know, they're proud to own it. So it's, it's a really good, uh, thing to do a promotional thing to do. Dude, I made an absolute killing on my stickers this time around. Because, you know, I always go through Sticker Mule because they always have some pretty decent prices. And they do, like, little promotions, like 50 stickers for 20 bucks or whatever it is. Or maybe it's 30 bucks or whatever it comes out to. Whatever, whatever. So they did a promotion on, um, I think there are three by six sticker sheets. So if you have, like, a couple different designs, you can put, you know, four or five different stickers on these sticker sheets. So... Basically, and that was you get 50 leafs of the sticker sheet for for 25 or whatever it is, whatever their normal baseline for these for these things. Um, so basically what I did is I just took my logo because I normally do a three inch wide by one inch tall little oval logo. That is my Beacon Knives logo. And I just put four of them on that sticker sheet. So I got then 200 stickers for 25 bucks or whatever it comes out to. And all you have to do is just cut them individually out. So two it's a pretty damn good deal. So if you guys can yeah. find that, I mean, there's there's still a little bit of time, and I know they ship pretty quick. So jump on that. Sticker Mule is the way to go, man. Uh, they are not only do they have good pricing, but it's a good quality sticker. I feel yeah. like yeah, yeah. I've gotten a lot of sticker packs where you can tell people bought them through like Vista Print or something, and they're just they're just shit, and they fall apart like pretty quick. Yeah, you can't. It's some of these stickers. If you put them on the inside of something that's just gonna live inside, it's totally fine. But if you stick them to something that's gonna be like on a cup or a water bottle, you go to wash it. It's it, they fall apart. So yeah, yeah, go to Sticker Mule, man, and yeah, they have awesome stellar deals. And then um, the other but, thing is when you do a raffle and you try to do it like where you're buying a ticket and you're, or you're buying a sticker and you're, you know, you're getting the ticket for free. Yeah. There's different ways to get around raffle rules, whatever. Yep. yep. But like they sticker mule will always do like a, a holograph, like they're trying to get rid of holographic stickers. So they do a promotion of holographic stickers. And then all of a sudden you just say, you know, Hey, here's a, a qual you know, this is the only time you'll get a holographic one or a clear one or, you know, and then you just, you buy them and you can do 50 tickets for damn near nothing. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. good way to do it. I don't it's know. It's a great way to go. Yeah, for sure. If you're willing to cut them all out yourself. No, it's not, not a bad <laughs> way to go. Yeah, yeah man, man. You do have a couple of sharp knives around. I'm sure you can ah, figure just a it couple. out. Just yeah, a couple. I'll figure it out. Uh, you want to shift into WFI projects unless you have anything else you want to pick up and talk about? No, sure. Let's Let's jump over to WFI. I've got uh, a couple that I that you know the that I've that have jumped out at me, but I also some of the things that I that I'm like really proud of is looking at the number of projects. So last week we talked about there was twelve thousand one hundred and six or twelve thousand five projects on WFI projects listed under that hashtag, and now there's twelve thousand one hundred and sixty two. So you do the math; yeah. it's over one hundred and fifty people are tagging. WFI projects in a given week. And if you want your stuff to be get, you know, to be highlighted on the show, the only way to do that is to go on Instagram, post it, and then hashtag WFI projects. And here's here's one of the things that I am I always try to impart this wisdom on anyone who is doing business in their workshop, meaning you're making something and hoping to sell it. 
That is that you have to make it, and then that's half your job, and the other half is to sell it. The only way that you can do that is by partnerships, collaborations, hashtags, you know, social media, sharing your concepts and your ideas, documenting your journey on what you're doing, and hope that people will see it, notice it, notice your hard work, and then want to invest in the work that you're doing. And the thing I think about most often about knife making in particular, not just because I love knives, but because there are very, it's a very competitive market, meaning there are, you can walk into a gas station and buy a knife. You can walk into a Target, buy a knife. You can walk into just about any department store and buy a knife for one-tenth of the cost of what it would be to buy something from a maker, somebody that has an original concept for a blade that's handmade um, or a custom knife. Those to, that to me screams that this market is an underserved market, meaning there's people making things and they're selling them regularly. They're not holding on to things and they're doing it in a way where they're finding their customers and the and it blows my mind every day when I look at all of these guys who have gone from police officers, factory workers, pizza delivery guys, stay at home dads, they're converting over to being knife makers and serving their communities and marketing to their the people around them, their family members, and also on Instagram and selling them online. It's changing their lives. They're doing things with their time that are me it's meaningful. And also the customer base. You've got all these people who want your goods. They want it. But if they don't know it exists, they'll never buy it from you. Right. Doing the WFI hashtag, WFI projects hashtag, puts you into the mood or the, the, the groove of a soft sell, meaning getting it out there to the world to see what that looks like. I think a majority of the people love making the things, but they don't like selling it. They don't like getting out there and hawking their gear. They don't want to be seen as the guy who's trying to push their wares or their goods. Mm. I will give you an, uh, a different perspective on it. I'm the type of guy, I'm older now, right? I'm in my mid-40s, and I have a little bit of disposable income for things. And I am always looking for unique things to purchase for others, like around Christmas time and all of that. That's when we get the most busy, right? Right. Now, <clears throat> to me, that is a service. That is a product that I need to buy or want to buy that I can't. I have a hard time finding those things. I, it, you know, Etsy tried it and it, it's okay on Etsy, but it's mostly resellers and drop shippers on there now. Right. And it's really tough to like go on Etsy out. and find yeah it's just not that type of thing so Instagram is a great place to do it Reddit's a great place Facebook's a great place you get out there you start selling your stuff and then you realize there's a lot of people that want to buy from me mm -hmm. and you get better at what you're doing and eventually this becomes a supplemental income for you and you're actually creating things that you enjoy to create Brian you're a classic example of this you love to do it mm -hmm. and you went full-time you had the choice. You had the option. But that wasn't given to you. You had oh. to go and pursue it. You had to work hard. You had to invest your dollars that you made at your day job. You had mm -hmm. to do all of that for years before you were able to, say, leave that job and go do something else, do something with your time that was more purposeful for you, which ultimately led to a much better life for you. Mm -hmm. And I, 
I think people think that that's a far away process. Like, ah, I'd love to do that, but I can't. I, I really, you know, yeah, no one's going to buy my knife. No one's going to. I implore you to try and don't make excuses. And if someone says no to you, every single no that you get is closer to a yes. That's the and way I look at it. It's fuel to push you. Okay, that person said no. I'm going to show them. I'm going to keep pushing. And when this sells, it's going to be like a nice little F you to that guy, you know? I love the fact that you listed that knife for like a high dollar amount and it sold. Like that story is fantastic. Like within five minutes, it's fantastic. That's the story that more people should be talking about and telling because it's super important for people to know that you're not locked in. You don't have to stay at a job you hate. You don't have to live a life you just you just don't feel like you have any purpose every single day. Wake up and have purpose. It doesn't have you can't transform unless you're independently wealthy. You cannot transform your life overnight. But every single day you can do something to make the difference and change it over. So uh I, and I think WFI projects is a huge beautiful shining light example of how that works because we're seeing guys like uh Thomas Nugent uh, from uh, Knives, Knives by, Nuge. by Nuge. He is a classic example of a guy had a, had a had a great job. He was a police officer. He was working that job and started making knives in his garage. And if you look at Thomas and the work that he's doing, you'll click quickly see why he was able to convert over to being a full-time knife maker. The guy's yeah. got his stuff together. He really does, and he really spends a lot of time on his marketing, his sales pitches, does a ton of social media. It is the way. Believe me when I tell you it's the way. So anyway. Brian, now, with that uh, before, intro, let's go in there, into it. Before w. we move on, now I've said a couple times I put a high dollar mark on that thing. It was like $50 more than I thought I was going to sell I it see. for. Yeah, like, I, I didn't throw it. like $1,000 on a little no, itty-bitty no, knife. No, of course. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to sell it for like 250 and it went for $300. i am not like, I'm not crazy here. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, sorry. you're kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to be. But anyway, so jumping into WFI projects, uh, first one, my buddy Jeremy over at 419 Forging, he's got some really cool segmented handles that he's doing on, he, he's made this, this design, this EDC design, it's got like a three to three and a half inch blade on it. I have one of these things, and I can tell you that handle is so incredibly comfortable. It's got like, it's got some curves to it. It's got some nice little sexiness to it. And it just, it feels so nice in the hand. And he's got a couple of them that they're ready to move. And let's maybe fund his way because I know he's driving down to Blade Show. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, he needs, he needs a little extra money. So go, go check his stuff out. Give him a like, give him a follow over at 419 Forging over on Instagram. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and give him a little extra spending Little little extra change in his pocket for when he's walking around in Atlanta. Some gas money. Needs yeah, dude. Gas money. I didn't know he was going to Blade Show. That's that's great. I, he yeah. had asked me a while back if I was going to be there, but we never really fully discussed it. That's great to see that uh, we'll, we'll have to get a photo together. Oh, yeah. Um, Riley Knife and Tool. Uh, he is doing a batch run of CPM 3V. And they, they're like uh, Necker knives, but they look like they're a little bigger than Necker. He calls them Neckers. I think they're uh, they're more like an EDC. Maybe that's just what he calls them. Sure. But they're great. And uh, Make he's sure doing you... a batch. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I thought I was Go on ahead. Mark. Go ahead, Brian. I thought I was on mute. My bad. <laughs> well, who My are you apologies. talking to? 
If you were on mute, who are you talking to? No shit. I was talking to myself. Make sure to bring up this thing. <laughs> like literally, I'm an idiot. Sorry. Go ahead. Hold on. <laughs> are you voice recording this into like a memo somewhere or what? <laughs> are you? Is this just like a mental thing that you do? Like where you you verbally say something to to make a a, a mental. I no. do that. I do that a lot in the shop. Like I, uh, whenever I'm, whenever I'm in the shop and I'm working on something, and I, bef- a lot of times I'll have like a notepad in my pocket and I'll pull it out and I'll write down a note. But a lot of times I'll just say it out li- loud like a maniac, and for whatever reason that I never forget when I do that. So funny. I am and, so sorry. I, mean, I thought I was. It's on like mute. no. It's a. It's funny. It's like an inside look into your process. <laughs> I mean, there might be some mental illness there too. I don't know, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I love it, man. I think it's great. I have these little things too that I do verbally that I have to remind myself of things, and I I, I'm more of an audible type person myself. So Uh, (laughs) I'm like, what? Who are you talking to? What are you? What are you saying? All right, Uh, I want to bring up Kawa Jeanette because she's um, working on this. It's like a chop knife that's got the handle that curves back over top of the spine. Yeah, like an ulu-looking thing. It's so cool. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's like a little herb chopper that she made. She forged it herself, and it just is a beautiful piece. And it's probably sold, I would imagine, at this point. But she forged it out of ten eighty four. Kawo Jeanette on Instagram. Listen, She's got seventy eight hundred followers now. Listen, I'm shaking my boots here. Because if you look at the detail of everything else she makes, all those spoons, all of those like things, yeah. If she starts forging knives, she's gonna put the rest of us out of business. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, all right. I mean, I don't think so, but you know, I mean, I'm not saying she couldn't do it. I'm just saying, but I like, yeah, I think it's you're right. She's she's gonna be a heavy hitter if she keeps keeps this up. Well, she's you know she's up there in Canada and like northern Canada. And she's always, she's making these really gorgeous works of art, these spoons. And if she puts that detail into knife making, holy cow, she's going to be a force to reckon with. All right, next one, I've got Hooten Knives. Um, You know, Brian Hooten, he's he's always doing some really great work. But with this post, he is in the shop and he's he's got some some, uh, shop time with his oldest, like his Mm -hmm. oldest son. I just love the fact that he's bringing his kid into the shop and like getting him, getting him used to looking at what hard work looks like and kind of teaching him the ropes. And it's it's really cool to see. And I'm looking forward to that time of my life someday. But yeah, yeah, that knives. that is, the, you're right about this, by the way. So highlighting the fact, and I love that Brian shares this stuff because highlighting the fact that. You you're you don't have to be the most verbal or vocal or you don't have to have these drops of wisdom that you bestow on your children. Like a lot of pe- a lot of parents put pressure on themselves to you know basically explain every little detail of the world to their kids, and I get that feeling from time to time. Here's what I've discovered: I have three teenagers, so I'm exquisitely educated in this subject all right my (laughs) oldest son is 17 years old now oh wow so here here's what i'm going to give you a little piece of advice about parenting don't sweat the small stuff all these little things remember these little details are not so important when you're raising your kids the one thing i can tell you is that you should have your kids around you 
while you're doing whatever. That's the proximity. Your children will pick up way more about you and how to live their lives and improve their lives by being around you as long as you're a decent human being and not a total piece of shit. But if you you have your kids around you and they're watching what you do and you're leading through example, which is what why the reason I have this podcast and all my social media, I fully believe that through my example, I have improved the lives of others because they've watched what I've done and they've done similar things. And it's the same with your kids. They watch you do what you do and you do it well and and you are training them through educate educating them through proximity. That is the best gift you can ever give your kids. It's just to be around them and show them what hard work looks like, show them what play looks like, you know? Yeah. We work hard all week. Dexter is now in my shop almost every day after school. So at two o'clock he shows up here. And he's here until 536 o'clock every single day. He is picking up all the little things and he's learning all these different steps that we do to make the things we make here. And he seems happy. He has purpose. He's on the payroll. He gets a paycheck from housemate. You know, it, nice. it goes into his bank account and it warms my heart because I for there was a period of time where him and I didn't see eye to eye. I was too hard on him and I was being a jerk I shouldn't have done that that stuff and I thought that's what needed to happen but it wasn't and and now he's coming around so much more and I love it and so Mm. to witness Brian and you know when my kids were Brian's kids age they did the same thing they hung out with dad in the workshop and all that but keep it going keep that that trend happening keep those kids near you and and they will grow up to be hopefully just like you, if not better. So hey, that's awesome. If we could have more Brian Hootens in the world, the world would be a better place. I met Brian Hooten three years ago. At Blade show. I hope he's going to be there this year. Nice. Speaking of Blade show, is Dex coming again? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. That'll be fun. Yeah. He had such a blast last year. And it's funny because um, Echo, who is the son or the daughter of. Oh, gosh, I can't think of his name now. He listens to the podcast. He's going to kill me. Anyway, um, Echo messaged Dexter because they hung out at Blade Show last year. Okay. And they're like, you know, it's funny how kids are. You know, they connect. You know, after like eight, nine months of not seeing each other, she like messaged him. She's like, are you going to be at Blade this year? Nice. And uh, they're going to hang out. So, yeah. Cool, cool. Should be pretty cool. Next one I have is Justin Blauert. Um, oh yes. Yeah. You got to check out his stuff. He's got this Cayman knife. I just did a podcast or an interview with him that should be coming out here pretty soon, but yeah, you got to check out this Cayman. This thing is, it's right in between what he calls it is it's between like a flay boning knife and an EDC. It looks like a shortened flay knife. Yes. It's still thin. It's still razor sharp, but it just has that flay knife flare, you know, that those, smooth sexy lines it's just, it's just a really cool design and i haven't really seen an edc that looks like that so yeah definitely go check his stuff out uh blauert uh justin blauert just is j-u-s-t-i-n-b-l-a-u-e-r-t go check him out go give him give him some love he's got 484 followers and his knife work is really unique you gotta go yes. just look at it and give him a follow uh be there's a few posts in his feed where I look at knives and it's kind of rare for me these days, but I'm like, Oh, I want that. 
You know, yeah. Like, I don't want that knife. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, got a couple of them for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to pick that one next. So you screwed <laughs> me out of that. Well, so uh, well, I'm going to shout out Gentry because. Who's that guy? Matt Gentry is another <laughs> one of these makers who you should have your eye on and look at how he does what he does. Certain makers are better at certain things and that gives them an edge or an advantage over, you know, the people who are their contemporaries. And I feel like Matt Gentry has nailed down the perfect little EDC knife, which is the pocket nook. Muck. Or yeah. Muck. M-U-K. And he makes them out of MagnaCut steel. And it's just such, it's like almost like a scalpel, right? Like when you look at it, the blade is probably at best like two inches long maybe or something like that. And it's just a beautiful knife all around. And then he does, of course, we talk about this a lot. He he finalized the design of the muck and he created now this like little market, this little mini market around the muck. And then he makes all these different handles for it. So yeah. he's making the same knife over and over and over, but he's now modifying the handles, making the handles, changing the handles up and that kind of thing. It is so inspiring to watch his work. Another inspiring story. Guy ran a business for years. He had a detailing car detailing business and then decided that wasn't for him. He's a young father. He's got kids. He's married. And he decides to become a knife maker full time. Takes the next year, couple years to work that out, figure out what that's like and goes full time with it. And it has been a massive success ever since. Uh, he is one of the guys that is not coming to Blade. I actually called him this year and said, like, hey, what do we got to do to get you to Blade? And he's like, mm. when is it? I don't even know when it is. This is this <laughs> is classic Matt. Yeah. When, yep. when it, I don't even know. I have no idea. And I'm like, oh, man, it's the first week of June. And um, he's like, nah, I'm not going. And and I get it. And he has the same kind of idea that I have around having a booth at Blade. And it's like, I can create a piece of social media and be in front of 50,000 people in, right. in no time. Why would I go to Blade Show and take all that time and energy? I'm like, come to Blade Show. Don't have a table. Yeah. Just come and hang out. And he's just like, you know what he told me? I got too much to do. I, I'm busy. I got a lot of yeah. work to do. I mean, well, that's no joke. That's him. You know, literally I, this past weekend, Emily and I went over to Holland, which is like 20 minutes north of him on that side of the state, on the west side of the state. And I messaged him on the way over like, hey, we're going, you know, maybe we can see you there. And he said, no, I've, I've got too much work to do. I haven't taken a day off in a long ass time. And it, because, and the thing is, is he's he's working on all of these knives. He's got those magna cut knives. He's got he uses a lot of Baker Forge and tool. You got to I mean come on he's he's using the best materials and he's also he's built this entire house that he's built himself the entire way through he's right down to leveling the ground like he's used a bulldozer and he he's built this entire house and it's you know you can just see him thriving he's he's building a small business he's building a house for his family to live in and it's just like it's that is the guy everyone wants to be yeah Matt Gentry is, you know, I, I message him pretty, pretty frequently. He is one of like, he's not only is he a friend, but he is someone I strive to be on a daily basis. Whenever I'm feeling down, whenever I feel like I'm working too hard, I look at Matt Gentry and say, I'm not working half as much as him. That's and right. he is building the perfect life. I need to get myself into another gear to even try to catch up. Yes. 
that's why I've got such mad respect for the man. He's he's, yes. a, he's a classic example of somebody who hasn't been given anything, not no. one thing. He has gone out and worked for it, which is and the he's got whole it. point. And he has it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I saw a post from Josh Smith this weekend. It was like kind of a long, um, it was like video of his place where he lives and where his shop is and everything. And it was the whole must be nice thing, you know, where people are telling him, oh, must be nice, you know, to have all that stuff and everything. And I, and I get that too. Yeah. You know, must be nice to have all those tools and all that. And, and you re, you remember, Brian, the you've followed me since the beginning. You mm-hmm. saw what my workshop looked like initially. Yeah. And how small it was. And it was, you know, there was nothing in it, essentially. It was just a bare, empty room. What's hilarious and, is I feel like I'm at that point now. And I'm already starting to get the it must be nices. It, and it gets only worse. Like, the more you get, you know, I I bought the CNC and people are just like, oh, it must be nice to have endless amounts of money to yeah. buy stuff like that. And it's just like that. This is on credit, bro. Like, this is all risk stuff. Like, I, I took out a loan to buy this thing. I didn't have the money, so. It's, it's not it for me, you have to be able to turn that off. If you don't, the must be nice guys, the trolls will get to you and it'll seed into your brain. And, you know, Matt is one of those classic guys that like, doesn't listen to that story doesn't, or that rhetoric. Uh, he is not a victim. He is a working hard, uh, human who wants to make the world a better place through his wares and his work and make a better life for himself and his family. If you walk into a, a a social media post and you write something about must be nice, I have a hard time hating you go, or not hating you. Go like, for a I, long I, walk off off a short pier. Yeah, I, I I like I if I had if it was ten years ago, I would have taken twenty minutes to tell you what kind of a asshole you are. You know, right. but I don't do that anymore because I don't think it's actually doesn't do any good. You're going down to their level, so. Right. Um, what I've realized is, is the best way to, to thwart that is to ignore. Now, if, if it's somebody that you care about, like say somebody, you know, and you, and they say that to you, which is pretty rare, but it, it does happen. Then the best course of action is to educate them, you know, yeah, and tell them like, I see what you're saying. And you, it looks like from all my social posts that this is all just fun and games and, you know, that I'm just, you know, I made one thing and now I'm like, uh, I've, I've got endless supplies of money falling out of the sky. To but let me educate a, you. Yeah. To steal a term from knife talk, it's not all high fives and hand jobs over here. <laughs> well, there's some of that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's what bald man's around for, right? <laughs> oh, my God. High fives and hand jobs. That's I'm really, so sorry, that's right, Brett. That's right. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> He has really nice skin. <laughs> okay, that. stop, stop, stop. I, I shouldn't even say it. Come on. And subtle, subtle, Come on. Very subtle hands, yes. We both know that that man does not have soft hands. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right, what are we actually. talking about? What You're are we actually about? right. He doesn't. It's very, it's like abrasive. <laughs> okay, let's let's get away from this. Brian, right. I, I was an asshole earlier in this podcast. We talked about my week pretty heavily, and I don't think I asked you about your week. Tell me all about it. Well, I kind of gave my little elevator pitch on what we were up to, but pre-Blade Show stuff, you know, just getting Brent yeah. uh, running out the door with knives. He's now starting to relax a little bit. I think we've got him, and it had nothing to do with me, by the way. He, I had a little hand in it, but he has 
really been working hard. And come got, on, you can't say be... you had a little hand in it after that joke. Come on, <laughs> I had a little soft hand in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I sharpened a few knives. Is all I did. But the the thing is, is he? I think he wants to go to Blade this year with sixty knives. Holy cow! So, yeah. So I think he's gonna get there. You know, he's he's close, anyways. And he, here's what's interesting about this. So Brent has been working hard to bring 60 knives to Blade Show. And the whole time he's showing off what he's doing, right? And he's taking pictures and he's posting it and blah, blah, blah. Can I take a guess? As Go he's ahead. finishing them, they're selling. So he doesn't have 60 that knives. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> what a problem So he's have. fucking himself over because he wanted to bring all these knives and have this spread at Blade Show. And then, and then so he's like, but they keep selling. And I'm like, does it fucking matter where they sell? Because... In my head, I just think from a business standpoint, that's revenue, man. Like, just keep it flowing. Yeah, and he's like, you're right. You're right. You know, it doesn't matter. But I think he wanted to, like, you know, because all of his friends are there and all of his buddies are there. It's a little bit of a flex, right, to show up to Blade Show with 60 blades. And he's like, but they keep fucking selling. And I can't. And I'm like, this is not a bad problem. This is a good problem. Like, keep this going. So, uh, yeah, he's crushing it. And mad respect for Brent. Uh, but anyway, on that note, I think we should uh, shift over into the uh, the old after show. What do you oh, think? Oh, you know, there's something that happens before the after show. Oh, I got a dad joke. I think somewhere in here. Let me let me just pull this up because I've got a. Oh, you know what? Hold on. I cleaned my shop because it's been a little slower, and I found two dad joke books that people have sent me. Nice. Whip one of those things out. One of them came from um, uh, uh Ben. Over Ben's bites, actually. Sweet, sweet. Dad jokes. And there's in here, get this. There's 301 dad jokes <laughs> in this book. That'll get us through a couple years of this podcast. All right. Some of these are very terrible. So uh I just wanted to say to the guy who invented zero, yeah. the number zero. Yeah. Thanks for nothing. It's a pretty good joke. That's, that's a, a pretty, that's good, pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. Thanks for nothing. All right. So if you heard what you 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 liked what you heard on this show, I'm gonna just give you one more pitch on joining up Patreon because if you join Patreon, you get the after show, which is where we're gonna go now, and you get a chance to ask us a question. And right now, I'm gonna go into Patreon.com and I am going to dig out a question from one of our patrons. And uh, let me just see. I haven't read through these. Oh, man, I am logged in as the wrong person here. Oh, come on, man. Work for it, podcast. You're killing the flow here. Come on, I am killing the flow. I I apologize. Uh, I was not prepared. I'm just messing with you. Um, Let's see. Question for the after show. Oh, this is a good one. Colin of Hayworth Handmade asks, as a maker who hasn't even registered as a legitimate business yet, what are some recommendations you would make to help me get going besides Mm. registering for the actual business, of course, because that's in progress. Sure. And I'm going to tell you right now, my answer will most definitely shock you and the masses. Now, if you want to hear what I have to say, which could be filled with expletives and things that might be considered not so popular opinions about starting a business, 
join our after show crew. Sure. Patreon.com forward slash work for it. Yeah, man. Brian Cohn is even a member of it now. He coughed up $10.80 of his own money to be a member of his own podcast's after show. You got to do what you got to do around here, man. I am uh, <clears throat> I really have to take a piece, so we're going to end this right now. <laughs> I really, I, I'm, I'm like, I drank a huge smoothie right before oh, the show. Oh, jeez. Take your microphone in with you. We need to hear the stream. Come on, <laughs> do it, do it, do it. I can't. I, the cord's not that long. Just saying. I can't get it. Get in. See you later. After show. Now. Bring it now. All right. I'll be right back. I got to go take a pee. And then I'll All be right. right back. Goodbye. <laughs>